Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Hi, everyone. I'm going to just warn you in advance. I'm taking a slight departure from the wonderful world of crafting, and we're going to talk about letters today. And those of you who have been looking at my blog probably realize this is a pretty recent obsession of mine. I've always loved letters, loved sending and receiving letters, but kind of got away from it. I was very inspired by a book that came out actually last year called For the Love of Letters. It's a 21st century guide to the art of letter writing. I, you know, I'd read about the book and heard people blogging about the book and never even had time to get my hands on a copy of the book and read it until very recently. I was doing some research for a story I had pitched at my newspaper. I really wanted to make a point to re- read this book, so I figured if I'm on deadline, then I have to read the book, right? That's kind of how I accomplish things in my life is I set deadlines and then I do whatever I need to get done. So I'm very pleased today to be able to share with you a conversation that I had recently with Samara O'Shea. She's the author of For the Love of Letters. And if you're super crafty and you're thinking, geez, what the heck does this have to do with crafts? You know, it, it doesn't have anything directly to do with crafts. However, the way we communicate and we swap our projects and when we get mail, good mail, a lot of us will take pictures of it and put it on our blogs. For that reason, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't much of a stretch because I think those of us who like things that are handmade we love letters. We love mail. We love, especially if there's yarn in the box <laughs> or anything's homemade. I mean, we love this stuff. And I think it really is kind of part of our, I mean, it's what we love. We love to get mail that's not asking us for money or to buy something. It's just communication, plain and simple, pen to paper, just a, a message from one person to the other. I mean, these are wonderful things. And if anything, I wanted to make sure I took a moment to celebrate this. After the show, I'm going to throw out an idea. I'd like to get a pen pal exchange going with Craft Sanity listeners. So anyway, stick around after the show for details on that and also for uh, information about how you can get in the drawing for not one, but two. There will be two winners this week. I'm giving away two copies of For the Love of Letters by Samara. Samara does a really great job of kind of giving, I I think we cover her background and all that, but I will just tell you before we get started that Samara got her start in magazine writing and... Um, did that for about six years. She started this great website called letterlover.net, which she's going to tell us all about. But basically, it's a professional letter writing service where she will write letters for folks for all occasions, love letters, apology letters, breakup letters, professional letters, whatever the occasion, Samara can serve up a letter. And uh, she's going to tell us all about that and how that website, loveletter.net, led her to a book deal. So... Please settle in for an interesting episode. This is different than the usual fare, but I think you're still going to enjoy it. Here we go. I'm really happy to get a chance to talk to you today. You do have a concern about the dying art form of letter writing. Okay. Um, well, first, Jennifer, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's true. I am a huge fan of letters, and I'm also a fan of technology. I want to say that up front. I do, you know, use email and text message occasionally when I have to. Absolutely. I wouldn't be allowed to keep if I wasn't willing to. <laughs> um, but uh, I just find that the language in letters, when you sit down and write a letter, you put so much more thought into it. 
Um, and it is truly a gift to give somebody, you know, you, you know, when, when they receive something that's, I mean, just even if it's short and simple, but just something that you sat down and took the time to write, it is, you know, uh, well-received and appreciated. So it was in April 2005 I launched letterlover.net, um, which is an online letter-writing service. And it's sort of ironic that, you know, to save the art of letter writing, I went straight to the Internet. Um, <laughs> but uh, the purpose was for anybody out there who had something, um, you know, really important to say, whether it be in the way of a professional letter or uh, an emotional letter, and uh, who wanted to write a letter um, and who was sort of out of practice, then I would help them do that. They email me their situation, and I uh, then play the wordsmith and try to give it what Emily Post calls a fresh turn of phrase give it back to them, and then they are welcome to do with it um, as they please, either copy it into their own handwriting or email it. I've had a lot of people email it and then ask me to help them write the response they get back. <laughs> um, or, or just simply print it out and send it however they want to go about it is, um, is how the, the website works. And uh, it goes through periods, you know, where it's completely barren and I have no customers, and then, you know, that, you know a week or so will go by where I have five so it's definitely an interesting thing to do. Usually people do not disclose that they had your help when they're writing these letters. Is that the whole idea? Is that you're, yeah, it's I'm a little bit sure of Cyrano at play here. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why don't we back up a little bit? And I know when I talk to people about art and craft, I always back up to like, okay, how did you get into this? How did this all get started? Now, were you a pretty regular letter writer as, as a kid? I mean, did you have tons of pen pals? I mean, where did the love of letters start for you? Um, well, I had one pen pal, one main pen pal, and um, that was my cousin Kate. And we didn't live that far away, a few counties over, but we just loved to write each other letters. And I've written them my whole, sort of go out, going out of my way to write them my whole life. Um, but when I was younger, you know, it wasn't until um, maybe my senior year in high school that uh, the Internet became a real force. Mm -hmm. um, and then in college, you know, it just sort of watched it evolve. So when I was younger, we were still passing notes in class and, um, you know, writing little love notes to each other. So it was just it's something I, I very much enjoyed doing, and, you know, as technology came into play, I, I didn't want to see it go away. And I would always get a great response from letters that I would write, and it can be a very selfish thing in that people remember you. You really stand out. If you write somebody a letter, I mean, I've had people um, years later will say, I still have that letter you gave me. Thank you so much. And me too. I, I have people who've written me letters that I hold on to dearly. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of the time factor that, like, you know, five years after you receive a letter, you can open it and it can still make you feel really good, whether you talk to that person on a regular basis anymore or not. Well, it's almost like a snapshot of a relationship because it's... Exactly. I have boxes of letters that I will keep forever. You know, they're mm -hmm. probably my most treasured possessions, I would say, because I think if the house is burning down, I want my photos and letters. I mean, right, because those, those are irreplaceable. And someday your children will go through those boxes of letters and they will learn so much about you because of them. Yeah, I had to laugh about the melodramatic exchanges. I had probably about four pen pals. I don't do anything in moderation, really. <laughs> That's why i got to steer clear of the heavy drinking, you know. Um, right. But it's, it's hilarious because I you know, had tons of pen pals, but I know I enjoyed that experience of just rushing to the mailbox to get to see if there was mail. Now junk mail seems to dominate my mailbox. So for you, th this act of, of letter writing has just been something that you've just done. Where did you go to school? I went to school at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. What did you study there? I studied English and journalism. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, sort of in the way of writing anyway, 
you know, knowing that I wanted to do that in my professional life as well. And to me, letters are just a way to really go over the top with your language. And there's so few places you can do that. And it's appreciated in a letter. I mean, you can gush and gush and gush about somebody, and they never get sick of hearing how wonderful they are. So <laughs> it's, again, well-received. So when you got out of college, what did you do? I moved to Manhattan and pursued a career in magazines. And uh, I lived and worked in magazines in New York for six years. And I recently moved back to Philadelphia. Um, That's where I'm from originally. Uh, After I started writing the books, I sort of needed uh, a little more low-key life, a a little bit more quiet. And it it is that in Philadelphia. So how many many books have you written? I wrote For the Love of Letters, and I just finished my second book, uh, which will be out in July. Okay, and what is is that about? It's called Note to Self, I'm Keeping a Journal and Other Dangerous Pursuits. So it's still sort of in praise of the written word. And I talk a little bit about uh, the, the therapy value of letter writing in For the Love of Letters, but especially as far as keeping a journal, I think. You know, it sounds strange, but you really get to know yourself um, in that process. And especially if you are a writer, it's a great way to sort of spawn your creativity. Oh, for sure. And I know it's my New Year's resolution every year to, like, write every day without fail. And um... yes. <laughs> It's funny you say that. I talk about that in the introduction of Note to Self about how when I took that pressure off myself is when I really got my journal going. Because at first I get so frustrated if I didn't write every day or if I didn't write exactly what happened during the day. And then when I lifted that lid and said, okay, write whatever you want and write whenever you want, and that's when, you know, my journals really started compiling. I have 13 of them now. So it's sort of a process where you're not supposed to be criticizing yourself. Exactly, you know, exactly. You're not supposed to be judging yourself. And if you're already angry at yourself for <laughs> not doing it correctly, then you've defeated the purpose. Well, I think that's wonderful and liberating advice for people because I know for me I made it. Um, well, let's see, I can tell you. I can tell you I didn't make it very far this year. Oh, yeah, I went eight days, and then um, I kind of skipped, uh, skipped around. But I have been blogging every day. Of course, that's not very personal stuff. And I think the thing I've realized, though, with journal writing is that there are things you just forget. Like, if you don't write down how you feel in the heat of a moment or in a particular day in your life or as you're going through experiences, if you don't record it, it is, I mean, I regret so much that I have not recorded many events in my life. Like, I'll come back after the fact and, like, write, try to write as much as I can, but I just think it's so important. So it sounds like your book is going to be a wonderful tool for people to kind of commit to that but do it in a way that's realistic you know because I mean I've actually gotten out of bed at like two in the morning be like oh yeah I didn't write and I come running in here I'm exhausted I can barely I mean you know how it is if you're trying to write and you're exhausted the writing is not good you know (laughs) the scrawling on the page so it sounds like you've completely found your groove as far as being a, a person who can help other people really tap into the whole writing for themselves and writing for others I hope so. I mean, you know, I hope people get out of it as much as I get out of it as I while I'm writing. I hope they, you know, enjoy the reading experience as much as I enjoy the writing experience. Um, and I said to my agent the other day, I said, Adam, I just realized that I write about writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it feels semi-narcissistic, you know, like, well, you know, am I, am I so one-dimensional that I can't write about anything else? But, I mean, there's so many different ways to write, and writing is an experience. And even if you're not a professional writer, you can truly benefit just from different ways of uh, communicating, you know, through letters and communicating with yourself through a journal. Well, so what was it that led you to the point where you started your website? Did the book flow out of the website then? Is that how the chain of events went? Yes, that's how it went. It was it was strange. You asked about what actually put the website into motion. Um, like I said, I was I was working in magazines and I loved it, but it's hard to work in magazines because you have to match your voice to the voice of the publication. 
which is good in the way of discipline and deadlines. But, you know, you sort of you have your own voice that you just want to put out there, and the Internet is a great tool for that. You mentioned blogging. You know, I mean, anyone and everyone can have their own, you know, whatever they want, their own little column. There, You know, they can publish pieces of a, a novel they're working on, um, which I think is fantastic. So it was my, in addition to, you know, wanting to try and save the art of letter writing, I also just wanted a place to call my own where I could write the way that I wanted and nobody could change it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was another reason for launching Letter Lover. And then it was up for about eight months. Uh, like I said, it, it launched in April 2005 and towards the end of the year. I had had a few customers, but was really sort of feeling like, well, okay, I did it. I could say that I did it. You know, not much came of it. And then it was featured in an online magazine called DailyCandy.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, yeah, that will get a lot of traffic your <laughs> way. Yeah. Yes, and then all of a sudden in December of '05, I had... I went from having, you know, maybe one letter request every other week to having 30 in one day. Oh, my goodness. Know, which isn't a lot by Internet standards, but is a lot for one person. Well, yeah. Were you, how, were, how long was the waiting list then? Um, well, it sort of got to, I would write everybody back. I was in a place work-wise where I wasn't very busy, so I was able to accommodate everybody. But it was sort of nerve-wracking for me because I thought, okay, I, I said I can do this. Now, can I really do this? <laughs> um, and to my pleasant surprise, you know, a lot of my first, customers that, you know, were very happy with the results, so that made me pleased. And um, so also in the in the onslaught of letter requests, a uh, publisher asked me if I'd be interested in doing a guide to letter writing, and I was absolutely thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting is that? Yeah, I mean, that was really not something that I expected. I was very grateful for. Oh, and it kind of really reaffirms, too, because you do mention in the introduction to your book how, you know, you were met with some mixed reactions when you said what you were doing, where some people, I think you said the college newspaper where you went to school, yeah. they'd done an article that was a little bit critical. I mean, they talked to students on campus, and I was the editor of my college paper for a couple of years, and I would always crack up sometimes when we do, like, the getting reaction on campus, because usually... Um, a lot of these people that we would seem to find would be like the non-newspaper readers that just thinks they think everything sucks, you know. And right. so it looks like they found a couple of those folks and asked them what they thought about your concept. But to get a book deal out of it really affirms what you thought was important. I mean, I, that was kind of reaffirmed. And now to have a book out there that's that's really great. Congratulations to you, you know. Oh, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it's really <laughs> wonderful. And so what, what is your favorite kind of letter to, to write, I mean, for, or maybe let's back up. What is the most popular letter request that you received on, that you receive on your website? That's a good question, and I should really be conducting some sort of sociology study because when I got my first onslaught of letter requests in December 2005, it was mostly women requesting love letters. Really? And I was like, oh, how precious! You know, they all wanted to write their husbands or their boyfriends love letters for Christmas. Um, so I, you know, then thought love letters are the you know the most requested letter, but it really depends. Um, just on what's in the air, and I mean, this past September, I had everybody asking me for apology letters, and I was like, what is going on? Why does everybody need an apology letter right now? And then my last two letter requests were both breakup letter requests, so, you know, it just, I don't have an answer. <laughs> now, is it hard for you to kind of keep yourself, like, keep your own emotions out of it? Because, I mean, you're hearing probably pretty intimate details of people's lives. Uh, I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm sort of like a therapist. I mean, and some people will be very limited in the details they give me. They'll tell me only what I need to know. And other people will gush and gush and go so far as to ask me for my advice. But what should I tell them? Should I stay with them? Should I break up with them? What, you know, what are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. And you're the letter yeah. writer, and they're asking uh-huh. you whether or not they should break up with somebody. How do you handle something like that? I, I tr- if they ask me for my advice, I'll give it, and I'll give it honestly. But if they don't ask me, like some situations, I'll want to give my advice and think, oh, this isn't a good situation, but I won't. It's not my place. I'm the wordsmith. They're coming to me. They're saying, this is what I want to say. Now you say it. 
you know, in an eloquent way, and that's what I do. Wow. Um, you know, I'll only, yeah, I'll only give my advice if they go so far as to ask for No, do you have a questionnaire that you have people fill out, or you just ask them to tell you, just kind of write a couple of paragraphs about what they're going through? Yeah, they'll, they'll usually launch right into it, tell me what their situation is, and then based on that, I'll ask follow-up questions. I'll say, okay, you know, I just need to know A, B, and C. Or some people, like I said, you know, will give me two sentences. Like, you know, I want to break up with somebody. How do I do it? And then I'm like, <laughs> well, you have to tell me how and when and why and <laughs> what the relationship are. Wow. And so what is your fee for letters? $50. Okay, no matter what the letter matter what the letter and at first it was I was doing it 20 cents a word and it just got too hard and I, I feel bad about this but I need people to pay me up front because it does take a lot of my time I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll sit down and write a letter for somebody and I've done that a few times and we're you know I've sent the letter out and people haven't paid me ultimately which, oh my goodness you know which you know is any business venture you learn the hard yeah. way so um and you know back that's when I was charging 20 cents a word and it just got to be too confusing so now it's like well I'm just gonna give a flat fee for any you know any length once they pay me then I'm theirs if they want me to you know rewrite the letter five times I'll do that at no extra charge and do you often have to do that um no uh the past few letters I've written there were no changes like I said the apology letters there were two people in particular who sort of really um very very specific in what they wanted to say to the point where it felt like they wanted me to just read their mind, and that I can't do, and I'm upfront about that. I'm like, I can take your situation, you know, sort of insert my voice into it, but I can't sound like you. Right. And people will say that, well, I would never say that. Well, that's fine, but I don't know that, you know. Right. So, I mean, you know, I'm happy to take that out, but there's no way I could have possibly known that. Well, that seems like that would be hard, too, for an apology, because usually, I mean, something, usually something terrible happens, which you then motivate someone to want to apologize. So it's a very emotional time, and to be the third party in that, has, I mean, that's just, I mean, this has probably been one of the more interesting experiences of your life to, to be able to, I mean, I can only imagine what that would be like to get email with such emotionally charged content on a professional level, though, where you are, this is your, one of your jobs then. You do your website, you're writing books, but do you, do you have a regular day job or are you writing full-time? I'm writing full-time right now. Excellent. Um, Congratulations. Probably go back to <laughs> might have to go back to the day job at some point, but right now I am writing full-time. Yeah, well, that must be great to, to be able to do that. What is the best part of helping people with letters, you know, through your website? The best part is uh, when they come back to me and say, I mean, I've had a few, few people come back to me and say, that's, you know, you got it. That's exactly how I would have said it, and, you know, you read my mind, and that, you know, that always feels good. I had one woman over the summer, I wrote for her what I call an unauthorized love letter when you're writing to someone and you're not sure if they feel the same way or you know for a fact Probably they don't the feel the same way. Probably the scariest kind of love yes. letter. <laughs> you're, putting it, you're putting it out there saying, you know, I, I have very strong feelings for you, I want to be with you. And I wrote this letter on her behalf and a few months later she came back to me and, you know, and told me that it ultimately didn't end up working out with this guy, but, you know, she thanked me nonetheless and just said that this letter was a huge turning point and I needed... I needed something like this, you know, to, to actually motivate me to get out of the relationship. So, wow, that was. I mean, the fact that it didn't do what she wanted it to do, but she was still glad that it happened. I well, it sounds like she at least got some kind of answer or something to kind of, you know, get her to make a change in her life right. instead of being wondering what's going on. Yeah. You write a letter like that, and there will be a response usually, you know. <laughs> or lack thereof, which also speaks volumes. Yeah, there's something's <laughs> going to happen or not happen, and then you know to move on with your life. Yeah. So. Right. Mm -hmm. do, you, uh, do you often have people, um, you know, obviously you're doing something to help people kind of put their words, um, put their thoughts and on paper and um, get it get the message to the person they're looking to communicate with. Uh, do you ever have people criticize the fact that these are not, 
the per, you know you're writing on behalf of other people and then those people may not be disclosing to the recipient of the letter that they did not in fact write this themselves I mean do you ever have people you know raising questions about that or no that's never happened um, interestingly enough or no I guess people know the risk that they're taking mm -hmm. um, you know when they send something like this the other person would be like wow this doesn't sound like you at all <laughs> 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 um, I have a few uh, few people you know with English as a second language who will ask me to write letters on their behalf and that's exactly what I think I think okay <laughs> happy to do it for you but the other person might be able to tell that you didn't write this <laughs> Yeah, and it sounds like the fact that, um, you know, people understand that this is your business, this is a paid service, and people are, you know, at, at their own risk, they can send out a letter. As you said, that English as a second language might be a, a giveaway, <laughs> that, right. that perhaps, because you're a trained writer. And But I, I assume, though, that people, I think, I mean, I don't know, I've never re received a letter that someone else wrote for the person that, that sent it to of. me. Yeah, that I know of, that I know of. But yeah, it could have very well happened. I have helped other people, though, write letters. Mm -hmm. You see, I think... Since you're a writer as well, a lot yeah. of you know a lot of non-writers will go to their writer friends and say, you know, I, you know, I need help. Yeah, and I and I never have thought of myself as a fraud in that case because I try to do what I can to get into the you know kind of help the person. I say, hey, write a draft, and then we're going to go over it and work on this. Um, yeah, but well, I think it's a great service. And is uh, do you have a lot of competition out there? Are there other services like this that? There are a few. I've seen a few, um, but I don't think. I mean. My business isn't necessarily a booming one. Like I said, it'll go through periods where I have a lot of letter requests, sort of depending on what um, book publicity is out there or what letter um, or what website publicity is out there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then you know, weeks will go by where I don't hear from anybody. So I don't think it's enough. This is more of like a you know an interesting, fun thing I do on the side. Well, and the interesting thing, too, about what you're doing, there are a lot of services out there that will do, like, professional letters and resume help and stuff like that, but it's more of a professional basis, where yours is from, uh, you could handle a professional letter, but you will also do a very personal and, you know, letters that you wouldn't necessarily think to go to a service to have help with a love letter or, you know, a breakup letter or a apology letter. So that's the really cool part is that you can pretty much handle whatever anyone needs. Right, what, what they come to me for. Um, yeah, like the other letter writing services that I've seen out there, some of them plug themselves as mainly a professional letter writing site. But, you know, if you also need a breakup letter, like I've, I've seen one where it was just like, and we'll do the emotional ones too, you know, yeah. <laughs> at the bottom where I plug myself as emotion first. And then, right. you know, of course, anyone needs help with a professional letter. Well, I'm, I'm sure the, that as well. the emotional ones must be more interesting for you as opposed to, dear sir, we're trying to get a, you know, a job at, exactly, you know, yeah. at this XYZ business. Yeah. Um, and probably, dear sirs, would be a big no-no because you should know who you're writing to. <laughs> I don't want to lead anyone in a bad direction here. Um, well, I think that this is, I mean, how has this changed your life? I'm just curious about your path because it sounds like you spent, you said you spent six years in the magazine business out in New York and, um, you know, have, have kind of settled into something that it sounds like from what you're saying that you're quite happy with where you're at right now. And how was that process for you to 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 get to this place where you're setting up a website and suddenly you have a book deal and your things are kind of falling into place for you. I mean, how was the road before that? The road before that was fine. You know, I, I liked what I'm, I was doing, but like you said, you don't, you sort of have to, you know, just really find something that you love that is really just you, mm -hmm. no matter how quirky it is. And that, I mean, this is undoubtedly quirky, I think. But yeah, but like, as you said, to have a publisher come to me and verify that like, oh, this is interesting and this is something people still need to know about, you know, to have that, yeah, to have them come to me was absolutely incredible. And so it's changed my life in that I feel like I I found what I want to do, and I, you know, hope and pray that I can write books for the rest of my life. 
Um, but it's just, as with, you know, most artists who find what they love, there's then the financial issue of, well, can I afford to do what I love? <laughs> right, right, because so. there's that whole eating and shelter thing, you know. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's, you know, it's sort of, you know, trying to create that balance. And I may, like I said, have to go back to a full-time job, which is fine because I have this outlet. I have a creative outlet. You know, I, I still I have many books in my mind that I, you know, want to put proposals together for, and I have the second book, you know, forthcoming, which I'm very excited to go out there and promote. So I guess the difference between my early 20s and my late 20s is my early 20s, I didn't know what was next, but I was terrified. And my late 20s, I don't know what's next, but I'm not afraid. Like, I just, something, it will all come together. Yeah, I think when you are able to kind of flip that switch in your head, I know for me, when I stopped trying to plan out every second of my life, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, and then by the time I'm 28, I'm going to do this. And it got to the point where I was like, I wasn't really enjoying what was right in front of me, you know? Um, so that's wonderful. And I love talking to people that have found their their bliss, you know, and it sounds like you've definitely found something that um, suits you. You know, you're good at this, and you're able to help inspire other people to get writing, and, um, you know, whether they want to handle the letter themselves or not, you are, right. your book is yeah, interesting I mean, because it has that whole support, online support mechanism where, like, here's the book, and if you have trouble, just come to my website, and <laughs> I'll help you, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that, um, if somebody comes to my website, and I've said this from the beginning, and thinks this is ridiculous, I would never ask somebody to help me write a letter, but then it then plants the idea of writing a letter in their mind, and they, you know, go forward and write somebody a letter that they wouldn't have written before, then mission accomplished. You know, that makes me just as happy as somebody coming to me and asking me to write a letter for them. Yeah, well, the U.S. Postal Service thanks you, I'm sure, you know, yes, for helping to keep, so. keep them in business. Well, it's wonderful to see, and I'd like to talk a little bit about some of your just tips, and I know obviously you've written a whole book on this and we're not going to have you recite it verbatim or anything like that, but let's talk about maybe a couple just general tips you have for people that you think, maybe if we talk about the scenarios where you think a handwritten letter is definitely just better, a, a better than email or any other alternative. Okay, well for the, for the listeners out there, I'll say that I do make this distinction throughout the book where in some cases I actually believe email is better. And to me what a letter is is something that is well thought out and a little lengthier and eloquent and articulate and you can certainly send something like that via email. We just usually don't. Email is usually tossed off very quickly and careless and a lot of people don't capitalize all of their letters in an email. So when I talk about sending a letter via email, it's, you know, it's, you write it as if it were a letter and then you just send it via email. But in the case of the undoubtedly the two types of letters that I think should always be letters be handwritten are love letters and thank you notes. Because in these cases, you're really sort of humbling yourself and telling this other person, in one case, you know, I love you, you mean the world to me, and then in the other case, you were just so grateful. And the act itself, the act of just putting your handwriting on paper, no matter how bad your handwriting is, says so much in and of itself and not... I mean, before you even before you even get to the words, the act is is very uh, is a gift that you give to somebody. Okay, so love letters and thank you notes definitely should be handwritten and sent out. Now, you said that there are some cases that you believe email is better, and can you give us some examples of of those situations? Yes, I think in well, in the case of apology letters, time is of the essence, and once you decide, okay, I've done something wrong, I need to apologize for it. However, you can get the message to them the quickest, and if email is that way, then by all means, go email. And another, I, I'm afraid to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it. I wrote it. I'll stand behind it. <laughs> I think if you're going to break up with somebody, and I'll, I'll, I'll qualify this in a moment, if you decide to break up with somebody via letter, if you can sit them down in a cafe and break up with them to their face, then yes, that is the way you should go. But not all of us can do that. So if you decide, okay, I'm going to write this person and tell them that I'm breaking up with them, then I think email is better than a letter in that 
if you write them a letter, that means you know on Tuesday the relationship has to end, and you send them a letter, and they don't know till Thursday. Whereas, <laughs> you know, email, you know, you, you'd send it and say, I've thought a lot about this. I, we need to end this relationship. And I know people think breakup letters are horrible, and I don't think they're the most horrible way to break up with somebody. I've unfortunately, you know, experienced firsthand and known of other people who just disappear. They don't break up with you. They just never call you again. And that, oh, me, my goodness. the worst that, way. That happened to you? Someone just that has happened to me. It's happened to friends of mine. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So if that is the alternative, if that's what you were going to do, then writing an email will make you a saint. <laughs> right, because there's some <laughs> kind of closure. At least giving them some closure, letting them know what's going and on, and that you didn't die or something. That you just decided not to see them again. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Oh my exactly. goodness! Yeah. So well, and I can see like in the scenario where you write a letter. Uh, if you write a letter and mail it, and as you said, you know, you mail it Tuesday, and then the person doesn't what get it until Thursday. Between? What if you see them on Wednesday? What do you do? You act like you broke up, or do you act like you're going to be together forever? I mean, what do you do? Exactly. Like, or, um, if you, or if you, like with love letters, I'll say, you know, you could hand deliver them, you know, and with a breakup letter, you can't hand deliver it because then why wouldn't you just break up with them in person? Right, <laughs> so, right. It opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, Although I did just see the movie um, I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan movie. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, which is fantastic. And in one of the Bob Dylans uh, that Heath Ledger plays, his wife does give him a breakup letter and sits there and watches him read it <laughs> while be, she's telling him they're be, getting divorced. <laughs> that's got to be horrible for both parties. Like yeah, to write and, something and, and have to watch someone read it. Because I know I don't like people reading my writing when I'm when it's just when a regular story. There, like, And it's not like, way. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that would be a little rough. So, And then that, that, bears, that comes to mind that there is really no good way to break up with somebody. It's always uh, just a bad situation. Yeah, so. yeah. So I guess get it over kind of like some bad medicine. Just do it. Fast, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know for apologies, you think just as you said, time is of the absence. Just do it quickly and move on. And and I know in your book, one of the things that's so charming about your book too is that you reveal you put yourself in this. I mean, this isn't just oh, here are some guidelines for letter writing because I think a lot of times people might look at a book and think oh, it's kind of a how-to book for letter writing. But your book is actually much more than that, I think, because you're kind of taking people on a guided tour. Right. You're giving some great examples from throughout history, you know, of um, famous letters and also letters that you have written and received. And, and that's the thing that's so nice about it is that you make yourself very human in all of this. When you put yourself out there, people respond and think, oh, okay, well, she's been there. She's been in situations where she had to write a difficult letter or a letter that was humiliating or, you know, I mean, all these things. And that, that I think, says a lot. What kind of response have you gotten to the personal side of your book? It was very important to me to make it very personal. And I, in my mind, I think of it as less of a how-to and more of a here's why. Yes. Here's why we should it's be writing letters. And I'm, I'm happy to say, and here's the experience of my life with letters and the good experiences and the bad experiences. And a lot of people will come to me and will have me write an unauthorized love letter and they'll think that will automatically make the other person fall in love with them. And I'm very careful to say that's not the case at all. I mean, right. I think it's important to put yourself out there in such a way, but the other person might not respond to you the way that you want them to. And I say that throughout the book, that the writing of the letter is as much for the writer as the recipient. And there's something, a closure or an understanding that happens in the writing process itself. And so the response I've gotten is good. And it's hard for me to convey, like you said, it looks, you know, by all appearances, like a how-to. And it is. Well, and I think if people were just looking at the cover and they flip through quickly, they might think, oh... This is like a how-to, but if but I really encourage people to like open it up, read the introduction, and then you know start read and read it actually read the book because it really is so much more than what I think people if they do a quick look at the cover, 
they might not get the fact that it, this is this is personal. This is not just uh, some book you keep on your reference shelf, you know. Yeah, it's, I call it Sex in the City meets Syriano de Bergerac. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that's, per, that's a perfect description. I, I have to agree with that. Are there any letters in here that you put in that you thought, oh, no, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't share this with the world? No, which I don't know what that says about me, but, I, I mean, the writers that I admire the most are the ones, Anne Lamont is one of my favorite writers. She's a memoirist. And mm-hmm. She just puts herself out there and isn't afraid to say anything. And I'm like, that's the kind of writer that I want to be. And so, I mean, in a weird way, I mean, you know, a simple book on letter writing be sort of, you know, in a way, a memoir, mm-hmm. you know, as told through letters. And a lot of my love scenarios and breakup scenarios and apology scenarios. So, no, I don't think twice about maybe this is too personal. And I think sometimes that's my Achilles heel, where maybe I should be more reserved about putting so much of myself on paper. Well, I tend to have the same uh, tendency as you, where I just kind of think, well, this is real this is me this is how it is <laughs> you know right. and, and sometimes people are you know people that are a little more guarded and private are a little bit sometimes like whoa that's a little too much for me I just feel like I can't be Jennifer the podcaster Jennifer the journalist Jennifer the, I'm like Jennifer all the time and it sounds like um, you know you're Samara all the time you're not um, you're not you know some putting on a different hat for you know a different thing that you're doing and you put yourself in your book and and that's, I think, what makes it successful. I mean, I, th- I really responded positively to that and respect you for the fact that you're not just telling people, hey, here's some advice to follow, um, here's why you should do this, but it's like, okay, look look at what, this has been my experience. And so I think you have people kind of come along with you like, okay, she knows what she's talking about, you know. Right. I so. hope, I, I, that was my, exactly what I wanted to say. Because in this day and age, like, who and why, you know, would people write letters? And to me it was like, well, here's why. Here's why you should be writing letters, and excuse me. Here's why. Here's the the wonderful impact that they've had on my life, and how they've helped me sort of, um, you know, it's it's a very powerful way of communicating. I know a lot of times people are looking for very specific like amounts of time. Like, okay, how long do I wait uh, to send a a letter to somebody that you know, say they're dating somebody new, and they want to send a letter saying how they feel to this person, or give you know, send them an email, however they want to communicate. Do you have any guidelines about you know what people should do in those situations so they don't scare the person off by coming on too strong, too fast? When I was in the difference between my early twenties and my late twenties, in my early twenties, I was so just like, if you like a guy, tell him, just put it out there. And I mean, I, I agree with that. I certainly agree with that to a certain extent. But you still do need to pull back a little bit. Both sexes. I've seen men put it all out there and frighten the woman away, and I've seen women put it all out there and frighten <laughs> the men away. So you, I mean, you have your feelings. Certainly hold on to them. Just give them to the other person, you know, in small doses at first, and see what kind of reaction you get. You know, just make sure you get a reaction back because it's when. It's those situations where you are writing them letters and calling them and texting them, and they're not getting back to you at all, and you refuse to acknowledge that they're not getting back to you. Um, that I think it's problematic. So, I just I mean, I say just move an inch and see if they move an inch closer than you move two inches. You know, just sort of just give something and then make sure you get something in return before you give. Does that make any sense? No, I think that makes great sense. And it might be good in this case, too, to have a friend that you're touching base with saying, yeah, I did this, and this is a response, and they can maybe be your sounding board. You absolutely need that, because you, when you're infatuated with somebody, you have rose-colored glasses on, and you can't see anything clearly. Right, <laughs> And you right. need a friend to say, a good friend to say, okay, calm down, just, you know, what you did is good, just now wait and see how he responds to it. Right, before you propose marriage on the second date, you know. <laughs> exactly. But also, in yourself, make your peace. If you're about to do something that, you know, I'm all for stepping outside of your boundaries, and, you know, if you're feeling like, no, I have these feelings, I need to express them, 
then just make sure you're, you sit with yourself and say, I'm going to do this, and no matter what the outcome, I'm going to be okay with it. Because a lot of times you're okay with it depending on the outcome, and that shouldn't be the case. You should be okay with it no matter what. You okay. know, it's your decision. You're going to move forward because, you know, if you send an email to somebody, you're excited to send it, and then they don't get back to you. All of a sudden you're so self-conscious. Well, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that when they just might be in a meeting all day. You right. Know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not getting back to you. Right. Um, but you all of a sudden become very self-conscious and think you've offended them. And just I make your peace with anything you're going to say or send before you do it. That's wonderful The great thing advice. about letters is you can, you can do that, whereas I just said anything you say, whereas you can't always, you don't always have time to think about everything you say, but anything you write, you have time to look at and say, okay, I'm sending this, I'm comfortable with it. Right. And it's going to be slower if you're, you have to actually fold something up, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it. You know, it's going to be slower than, where email gets, you know, can get people in trouble pretty easily. Right. Um, <laughs> if you fire off this, um, you know, pour your heart out into your email, you know, and send it out and you're like, oh no, because you can't get it back. Right. Or you might be able to flag down a mailman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and say, can I please get my letter back? Um, I don't know if that's even legal for them to give you your letter back, but I guess it's you can. Yours, I think it, it should be. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it is. But what about when in professional situations where, you know, you might have gone for the job interview and it went well, and you want to say thank you for the interview, and you want to set yourself apart. As you said earlier, you've become kind of known around, you know, people you've interacted with because you write letters that are meaningful to people and you've kind of made that your practice. Now, if you're in a job hunting situation where you're trying to kind of set yourself apart, um, how much can you say without, you know, getting to the point where you want to be personal but you want to be too personal? Uh, what right. advice do you have for people to kind of walk that fine line? Well, if you've just had an interview that went really well um, and you really want the job, I would certainly say send an actual thank you note. That will, I mean, you will, you know, stand out in the crowd because of that. You wrote, you know, you wrote a thank you note. And, and you can certainly email one um, if you need to, if time is of the essence again. But I think, um, I mean, as with all thank you notes, even here, you know, you're, you're saying something about yourself by the time, you know, you take... Uh, right mm -hmm. and I would you know keep it mostly light just you know I, I enjoyed meeting you I'm very excited about the possibility of working for such a great company and I would add one just maybe one or two sentences that are personal in that something that took place during the interview if you got off the professional course and talked about baseball or art or something along those lines you know and you know thank you for sharing your Ansel Adams collection with me you know something <laughs> like that yeah um, you know, just something a little clever and uh, and personal. I would I am fine putting into a um, thank you note. But again, don't don't pour your heart out to your you know this person. You'll you'll frighten them away as you would frighten someone in a way in a relationship possibly. Right, <laughs> like if you disclose your yeah. If you say your life's been a train wreck and you really hope this job comes through, you know, because that's exactly. the only thing keeping you alive. You know, yeah, that could be. You know, you want to stop short of saying too much. So. And that's pro that sounds like that's r really where the art form of the art of letter writing comes in because you want to make sure you're you're able to communicate a way that um, makes people feel happy or or get your point across, but doesn't do something to kind of tip the balance the completely other direction, you know. <laughs> right. So. And you just you made an excellent point in that you can't blame each new interview for the the last one. If you if this is your fiftieth interview, the person you're meeting doesn't know that. <laughs> right. And you, and you don't want like, them to know that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want them to know that and you and, and you might be so frustrated and can't find the job, but if you take it out on them, well this is my fiftieth interview, why am I not getting a job like 
they're going to be like, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah, you need some, some, some special help. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say, if you had to look at the situations in your own life, what would you say was the most, a time when a letter was really just, either one you wrote or one you received was just so, like, maybe life-changing or just really deeply affected you? Um, I can answer that question without thinking about it too hard. Um, and I write about this in the book in the unauthorized love letter chapter. Um, I wrote a letter, an unauthorized love letter, to a, gen- a gentleman I was dating, and you know he sort of ended it abruptly. And right after the letter? No, I had written the letter, planned to give it to him. Things were going very well. Oh, Jesus. As far as I was concerned, I wrote him the letter, and then, it, it, almost as if he sensed it, he, he sort of started backing away. Oh, no. Before I'd even given it to him. Um, so a few months later, we got back together and hung out, and I decided, and that was my big, like, I don't care what the outcome is, I'm giving this to him. You know, and I gave him this... Uh, this letter <laughs> and I'd never heard from him again um, well I won't say again but you know for, for a year after that I didn't hear from him and we ended up ultimately getting um, getting back in touch and you know when we did he said thank you thank you so much for that letter it meant so much to me I still have it I could never throw it away and I mean that came two years after the fact which was good to hear but it was you know at the time devastating you yeah know, to put yourself out there but in retrospect, it was such a learning experience, and I needed to do something like that and still be okay with myself, even though he didn't get back to me. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, that story's in the book. <laughs> so is he, is he a friend of yours now? Um, yes, he's yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was a gift for it, it just took him a while, where an appropriate response, a quicker response would have been probably much appreciated on your part, you know, from right. your perspective. Right. If somebody, if you receive an, you know, a love letter where somebody pours their heart out to you and you don't feel the same way, you know, tell them and say, thank you, this means a lot to me. I'm not on the same page as you are. You know, like, it is kind to respond. You don't have to gush the way that they gush. But, right. Um, when I, I think... Mean, like, like we talked about, it's not to get back to somebody, you know, is, is pretty devastating. Well, yeah, because then you're hanging in limbo for mm-hmm. a while wondering, hmm, what whatever happened to that person. Right, uh, and what did I do? And you go through everything you did wrong. And, so are you, and the, the answer is usually nothing. You usually did nothing wrong. Right. It's, yeah, it's usually about the other person. They have some kind of, you know, um, reason why they can't respond, you know, whatever right. that might be. Um, so with Valentine's Day coming up, everyone flocks to card shops. A lot of times people are purchasing cards, and then they find something that seems appropriate, and then they sign their name. Maybe they'll say love or put a heart or XOXO. But if people want to take it up a notch and kind of step outside the, the Hallmark box, no, no offense to Hallmark. I mean, it's a lovely company, I'm sure. It's a lovely company, <laughs> yeah, yes. And, yeah. Uh, and they p- make beautiful cards. But if people want to really personalize it, even if it is buying a card that someone else wrote, you know, the text of it, but writing something yourself, I mean, how important do you think that is to, to be able to just be able to express yourself as opposed to just writing your name and putting it in the envelope and sending it off? I think it is essential. It is my pet peeve with Valentine's Day cards, with Christmas cards, when people just sign their name. Because it's like, really? <laughs> you're, you're, you're just like, you're, just, you're, you're saying basically what he said, you know? And it's like, no, I want something from you. Right. So I, I suggest, I mean, for you risk takers out there, this year buy a blank Hallmark card or just a blank card and tell the person, you know, say what you feel, you know, how much you appreciate them, how they improve their, your life, you know, how, um, how grateful uh, you are um, to have them in your life. The sky's the limit with love letters. That's the thing. You don't, if you're in a relationship and it's Valentine's Day, you don't have to worry about offending anybody or going over the top. This is the time to go over the top. Right. Um, and sometimes you do, as you said, you'll find a card, a Hallmark card, that is just hilarious or perfect or relates 
you know, to this person that you know. And yes, by all means, if you find a card that's perfect, um, get that card. But I mean, there's a whole page. Usually, there's a whole empty page on a, on any card, and mm-hmm. fill that side out too. I mean, they'll get the joke, they'll get the punchline, and enjoy it. But you tell them, you know, on a more serious note. Here's how I feel. Yeah, and I think that's just a priceless gift. That's going to be better than any chocolate or jewelry or whatever. I, at least I personally feel that way. I think when someone takes the time to write something to me, it means the world to me. Like, I, I really think there's no gift that is greater than, than having some, you know, someone take the time to write. Of course, as writers, we crave writing. Like, we crave people to write. We want people to write to us because mm-hmm. it seems like we're always the ones doing the writing. <laughs> so for Valentine's Day this year, I am going to, which I haven't done yet, I'm not dating anyone, so I'm, but I am going to buy a bunch of Valentine's Day cards and send them to my girlfriends. Um, I'm also a big fan of telling people you love them, even if you love them platonically on <laughs> Valentine's Day. It is, yeah. you know, it is a celebration of love in all forms, and I always get flowers from my parents. If you don't have a Valentine this year, that doesn't mean you can't extend your well wishes. And it feels, it feels good to send other people cards. I always feel a sense of accomplishment, you know, when I go to the mailbox with a stack of cards. Um, you know, as, as coming out of the Christmas season, I did often. I'd go, you know, a stack of five cards every few days, and I always felt like, oh, that felt good. <laughs> Yeah, it is a wonderful feeling because you feel like you've really put some, some goodness into the world. Unless you're, yeah. like, breaking up with someone or something, right. then you might like, not yeah. feel as good about it. But, but, yeah, and I think what you said about Valentine's Day, sending cards out to all your friends and stuff, I think that's a great idea because, if anything, you, you also have, if you, for those who are uncomfortable telling people that they love them, like even family members, if you're not from a real lovey-dovey family, this is a great holiday because you're kind of under that whole, oh, it's Valentine's Day, everyone's caught up in the love thing. You know, you kind of have that maybe feel a little more like you can step outside your box and not um, freak out everyone in your family. But it also opens the door, too, to to getting your feelings out and not having those situations come up where, you know, you didn't say something you always wish you would have said um, if something, because you never know how many days we have on the planet, you know, and that's something in the back of my mind, I think, geez, you know, you really should seize those opportunities. And and also it's great for the, the family record, too. If people hold on to these letters and have this to look back on, you can kind of really put together a family history through correspondence. And even if you think exactly. it's just a you know, a Hallmark card with a couple sentences in it, it's going to be meaningful down the road. And, and you do talk about that in your book, about how you, know, you might be writing a letter now and not think it's all that big of a deal, but your grandkids might be totally intrigued by these relationships that you had with different people in the family and you know, friends and so forth. So how do you feel about letter writing as far as history goes and its place in history? Letter writing is the gift that keeps on giving in, in so many ways. In, in your personal history where like you have your box of letters you can look back on you know, when you're old and sitting in your rocking chair and just sort of take a look at your own life. And then it certainly preserved, you know, preserved your life for your children. And then if you know, that nothing happens to that box of letters and a hundred years from now somebody finds it in a basement, then it is a testament to the early 21st century, you know, or the late 20th century, depending on when they were written. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, they just, they lend to, you know, an immediate family history. And then history in general, I mean, so much of our, our, especially our Civil War history that comes to mind immediately, but so much of our history comes from letters that people saved, and that's how we know what was going on, when and where. So they are on what day. Invaluable. And I hear with, with all, I mean, we're, we're exchanging information at unheard of rates now, but it's not being saved. And there, there's no immediate witness. It's not tangible to what's going on right now. Um, so to anybody out there who knows deep in their heart they're never going to sit down and write another letter, I highly recommend you print out some of your emails and put those in a box and hold on to them because 
you know, they'll be your letters. And, I mean, we, we all have really fun email exchanges that go back and forth every now and again. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. We shouldn't undervalue that, you know, and it sounds like you definitely no, don't because you, you embrace technology and the preservation of the good old-fashioned letter writing, pen to paper. Well, I'm curious about how do you store your letters? Do you have them in shoe boxes or special archival boxes, or how do you? I don't, I'm not <laughs> as fancy to have archival boxes yet, but I have, if you buy stationery, um, like, you know, actual, you know, blank pages that you would write letters on from, from wherever, from case paper, from papyrus, they usually come in beautiful boxes. And when you're done using that stationery, those boxes are ideal for keeping letters in. And I just have a bunch of those boxes um, of all different sizes, and those, those are where my letters go for now. Yeah, and so you're keeping all those. Do you separate them depending on who they're from, and how do you have them organized? I don't have them organized. You don't? I plan you just... to have them organized. It's sort of, you know, like this box is perfect for cards, so cards will go in there, and then actual letters will go in there, and then my emails. I don't like to fold my emails, so I do have this one huge box that I put um uh, you know, a, you know, an eight by eleven piece of paper can fit in without folding. Okay. Um, so I guess I do separate them by letters and emails, but not by person just yet. Well, there's time for that. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like that'll be fun someday to sit there and go through them all and start to put them in some sort of order. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, do you keep copies of your letters that you write to other people? I do that. Um, yes, if I type them, I'll keep them. I've never. I haven't gone so far as to, uh, you know, handwrite a letter and then make a copy of it, but um, I've heard that people have done that in the past. People will write two copies of letters, you know, before we had copy machines, just so they have a record of what they sent out, which is, uh, in a, is a great idea. I mean, the act of writing the same letter twice is kind of tedious, but... Um, to have it, because you don't know that the other person will hold on to it. Next right. Well, I was in a, a postcard exchange with my family. I live a couple hours away from my mom and sisters, and my, my well, my mom and dad, and my sisters, and I do a postcard exchange with them where I was making like these weird collage postcards, and they would we would send screwy postcards back and forth, like just bizarre, funny postcards, and some of them were just regular, but we would write like try to write funny things on there, and it was almost like a tag situation where you know they they send postcards and I send them back and. The jokes didn't really make sense if we couldn't see what was written before, so I put them in a binder. This was, I guess, I, did, I, had, I didn't have kids at the time, so I had a lot more time on my hands. <laughs> um, clearly, I was a lot more organized at that point in my life, and I was, so I would um, just kind of scan them in on my computer and just print out a copy of what I sent. And so then in the binder where I have the postcards collected, I have what I sent. I don't have the front of the card or anything, just the the handwritten side and then the response. And so you can kind of see, because some of it kind of flows back and forth, the conversation kind of continues. And so I thought it would be fun to have that. Because at first I was like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. Like, I'm not going to remember like what right. I wrote. So, yeah, but it is, it takes another step. It's not, you know, so if I wrote the postcard at the beach or in a restaurant or wherever, I'd have to wait like, oh, I have to make a copy of this. It, it kind of slows things down a little bit. It becomes more tedious and less spontaneous, but... Right. <laughs> you know, it's just an option for people. So what do you think, as far as the response you've gotten and just your thoughts now that you've been out talking to people about your book, do, do people seem to be writing more letters than they were maybe a couple years ago? I mean, is, is there a movement is, toward... I think there is a movement, and I, I think I'm just part and parcel to it. I, don't, I won't go so far as to say I created it. <laughs> um, but there are a number of um, letter-writing books. Uh, I blogged for the Huffington Post, and uh, I reviewed a book called Other People's Love Letters. Uh, it was edited by a man named Bill Shapiro, who um, was the former editor of Life magazine. And, I mean, it is literally 
it is a beautiful book. It's um, it's a visual book of people's letters, where the, you know, love letters written on napkins and you know, emails and text messages. I mean, it's a real tribute to the way we communicate um, in the early 21st century. With certainly a few nods, you know, there's some old letters from the 1930s and there's some love letters. So it is a love letter in all of its forms. And there's some breakup letters in there too. He goes so far as to acknowledge um, the hard part about being in love, um, which is sometimes the end of it. Mm-hmm. I am sitting next to a book right now that I bought the other day called Will You Marry Me? Seven Centuries of Love, and it is a collection of proposal letters, which if anybody came to me and said, I want to write a proposal letter, I'd be like, why in the world would you ask someone to marry you via letter? But there's a a whole history of it that I'm looking at, and I can't wait to read this book. Um, But it's uh, been reissued. It originally came out in the 1940s. Oh, wow. It's now, you know, it's a beautiful new cover. And uh, so I think there is, I think people are realizing that, yes, technology is great, but sometimes it can hinder communication. Um, a lot of times you'll text message people you don't want to talk to or you don't want to be in touch with you sort of to get them off your back. <laughs> right. Um, or so I've noticed. So, And I think people recognize all of the, the historical value of the letter and just the immediate uh, communicative value of the letter. Um, and the, the one thing that tells me that people are writing letters are Hallmark and Papyrus and Kate's Paper, and these stores keep popping up with beautiful paper. So if people aren't writing letters, they're at least intending to write letters by buying all of this stationery. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as your practice goes, do you always have thank you notes with you, like when you're traveling? Or, I mean, how big of a deal is this to you to be sending out an immediate response to people when you're visiting or whatever you're doing? Um, it's, uh, it's funny. I'm staying with a friend right now, and I'm sitting next to uh, a box of hers that has her address on it, and I made sure to write it down so that I could send her a thank you card when I get home. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to me as far as thank you cards to send them immediately. I don't carry them around with me, but I always have a stack at home. And uh, thank you cards to me are always a good investment, even if I have five stacks of them and I see, you know, you know a pretty pile of them out when I'm uh, in the drugstore or wherever. I'll always buy them because... Uh, You've never sent too many thank you notes. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like it really does make people think think fondly of you too. You know, if you're gracious about anything they did for you, and I mean, because you hear, and it's usually older people that will say, "So and so, I gave him that gift for his birthday, and he didn't respond. He didn't send a thank you." And um, it 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 is really important to people. People like to feel like what they did mattered, you know. And you, right. you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a good practice. There's a story in USA Today a few years ago about a couple that sent out a mass email, thank you for coming to our wedding and for all the great gifts. And that, Whoa, that's mass like, email? You can't do that. I mean, people spend money to go to your wedding. They buy you oh, an my expensive goodness. gift. You owe them a sit-down thank you for the candle holders. You know? Yes, like, oh, I mean, my that goodness. that was just so tacky. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that would be a good way to really tick off everyone you know in a, in a single email. My right, goodness. in one email. <laughs> Wow, that's that's the power of um, that's the power of the language. You know, you can really um, in one sentence really um, alienate yourself from everyone right. you know. Yeah. Well, that's a good note to self there. You know, make sure you're you know. And I think any I mean any of us we like to ha- hear thank you. You know, if you do something for somebody, um, you like to. You, it feels good to be like, oh, the person it means something to them. You know. So right. It was acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, that's really important. And um, just because my show is t- um, typically all about art and craft, um, do you happen to do any kind of uh, art or craft besides writing? <laughs> no, I don't. You don't? You don't. <laughs> and I, I feel, I mean, I, I, I was so excited uh, when you got in touch with me, and then I looked at your website, and I'm like, I'm not a crafty person Well, you know all. what's funny, though, about it is I've noticed a lot of the, 
the people that I'm in contact with when there's swaps and so forth. There's a lot of like a lot of people post on their blogs like they'll get a package from somebody that they might have made an apron for or they were in a quilt block swap and there's a handwritten note saying, I hope you enjoy these, or you send a thank you back. And, you know, I send little cards out that I handwrite. And while it's about art and craft, I mean, I think that personal communication, while a lot of us are podcasting or, you know, blogging, getting some real mail is so fun. And we all appreciate that. And for you, if you ever decide to unleash your crafty side, because I believe everyone has one, you could make some really cool stationery. You know, yeah, yeah, you know. That, that is an excellent idea. As, as <laughs> no for, pressure. I can, I, can also, uh, I can also probably do something creative um, as far as making a homemade journal. Yeah, um, there's tons of, okay. yeah. There's, I, I've got the premise for it. Yeah, there's tons of things you can do. And I find that since I like to write a lot of my, um, the things I make, I always want to put text on things. So I type on fabric. I just got into making fabric postcards which you would oh, probably yeah. enjoy that too because you can write, yeah. you take a, um, a color fast pen and you can uh, write on something that's fabric and there's a good chance that if you send a fabric postcard to somebody, you really hope they're not going to throw it away. Mm -hmm. That might be one more incentive for them to keep it. So right. um, so yeah, the possibilities are endless. And I'm thinking about starting a letter writing exchange going and I, I think when your book initially came out, wasn't there some kind of exchange going on? I don't know if you were part of it. My publicist did a uh, blog about that and sort of started a letter writing exchange going in honor of the book, which was great. Yeah. And, um, and set me up with a pen pal in San Francisco. And uh, how's that going? Are you still in contact? Uh, no, we, she, wrote, she wrote me one lovely, long letter that was great to get, and I responded to her, and I haven't heard back. But even just that one exchange, it was, just, it was an introductory letter. The one letter that's not in the book, actually, it's really hard to, you know, uh, advise people on how to write this. It's just the correspondence letter. And, I mean, even though it didn't ultimately end up in, you know, this uh, ongoing pen palmanship, I mean, I was really grateful for the exchange that we did have. And, and just to meet somebody that way, which I don't know that I've ever done in my life, you know, to send somebody, hi, it's nice to meet you here, you know, and then you tell them about yourself and ask them questions. And what advice do you have? Because I think I would like to get something started among the listeners um, of this show and for those who are interested. So if I want to start an exchange with people, what advice do you have if they want to, you know, get a, assigned to a pen pal and that's that first letter? What is going to be, in your opinion, the best way to introduce yourself and, and kind of, uh, make this person feel like they want to keep writing to you long term? Um, I would sort of tell them, you know, the reasons why you signed up for the exchange. I mean, if you do this, I'd like to be a part of it. <laughs> oh, I definitely make you a part um, of it, yeah. Um, why you signed up for the exchange. And tell them your letter writing history. You know, like I used to write letters all the time once upon in my life, or I'm not really a letter writer, but I want to try it. I want to know what it's like. I mean, don't say what I can get out of it, but you'll be thinking, you know, well, you know what's in it for me? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's how I would start. I would start by introducing yourself, by going into your letter writing, and, you know, just uh, displaying any sort of enthusiasm for what you're about to do for um, for the craft uh, mm -hmm. will hopefully inspire the other person on the, uh, the receiver. Yeah, and I think, well, it can, a lot of people are, you know, kind of thinking, geez, I don't know if I want to do a letter exchange because it's time-consuming or whatever, but I think what you get back out of it, I know from my childhood, that's one of the things I miss, is I got to college and I kind of lost touch with my pen pals, but um, all through high school and middle school, I was writing letters, and it was so fun to every couple weeks get a letter, and what I got out of it, I mean, the therapy of writing about whatever teenage frustrations I was having and having someone oh, yeah. my age kind of relate to that, and then, and now I have this 
stack of letters, I mean, I have stacks of letters that I can go back to, and, well, I haven't looked at them in years. I'm anxious to, when my girls are angsty teenagers, um, <laughs> to be able right. to say, hey, actually, you know, this is, look at some of the stuff I wrote and received, and, and my old journals, I'm hoping to be my guidebook to um, dealing with my kids when <laughs> they tell me I don't understand. I'm like, oh, actually, on page 28 of this journal, I think I completely understand. <laughs> right. I didn't ha- just because I didn't have a cell phone doesn't mean I don't understand what yeah. you're going through. Yeah, and I actually think kids now are, I mean, our, our generation's children are probably going to have more challenges when it comes to balancing their life and having some moments of silent clarity. Because when you have a BlackBerry or a cell phone or whoever knows what new technology will be out there in 10 years. Right. I think <laughs> so, it's very important for us to teach them about that. And I almost, you know, I think everybody thinks it's when I have kids, but if and when I do, I'd really like to make sure I send them to summer camps where there is no technology, where they have to write letters to be in touch with me, where they are out somewhere where they, you know, they're just living their lives and mm-hmm. having a good time. It's so um, important. It's so important. And I know my mom started a tradition with my daughter Abby is her oldest grandchild, and Abby's three. And my mom started sending cards even before. I mean, Abby still can't read, you know, on her own. But my mom sends every holiday and birthday. She sends them a card, and it's a Hallmark card. But she writes. She fills it completely. In the inside, she writes a lot letter to each child, each, each of her grandchildren, and she puts stickers in there and talks about, um, you know, your tooth is coming in, you're a little fussy, but, you know, hopefully things will feel, you'll feel better soon, like little stuff like that, <laughs> that is like, and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I take these out and I put them aside, and I'm thinking, how great is this going to be for my children to be able to look back and see these cards with these, you know, a lot of, I mean, it's in all in her handwriting, and they're a beautiful sticker, you know, these cute little stickers, and just hearing what seems like every day stuff, you know, um, but to be able to kind of read and see what grandma had to say about um, their life when they were two, you know, and um, and she does this for every single grandchild. Um, she has, let's see, she has five grandchildren now, so every grandchild on every holiday and their birthday gets one of these great cards in the mail. And That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's like little traditions like that people can start, and for people, and I think inspiring people like you for kind of getting us to really stop and think about the importance of, of preserving the art of letter writing because it really is very important. Um, and, and the art of, you said, um, you know, people might not want to do the pen thumbing just because it takes too much time, but the art of stopping and saying, I'm going to do something and it's going to take me a long time and that's okay. I don't have to do this so quickly, you know, like, yeah. I have to get it over with really, really fast. I mean, like, there's, there's something to doing something slowly and savoring it and, you know, not rushing through it, which... We don't encourage so much anymore. Yeah, and I think it's almost to the point where I get I look at my handwriting sometimes and I'm thinking, geez, I don't really write in cursive all that much on a daily basis because my, my, I'm writing kind of like a shorthand, my own brand of shorthand when I'm taking notes for my job or I'm tape recording. Um, so I think the letter is a chance to get back and because your signature, I mean, the way you write is really an expression of your, you know, yourself. I mean, that's your words in, in your script, and we have to preserve that, you know, because if we get to a point where we're 85 and we're all instant messaging each other in the nursing home, you know, I mean. Right, yeah, I don't ever want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that is just going to be crazy, so this is wonderful to be able to preserve. For me, the big thing, though, is spell check. There's no spell check on the page, you know. Right, that's true, but so many, oh, I'll tell you a fun fact. There are two great letter writers, Anne Sexton, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning poet, and Louisa May Alcott, who wrote uh, Little Women. Uh-huh. Both excellent letter writers. Horrible spellers. You know, I'm glad and, you point that, that out. That becomes charming after you know, like in time, it's just hilarious that they misspell. Yeah, because I am an atrocious speller. Like seriously, like spell. Like I like 
the thought of being in a spelling bee, they do one for work where they'll try and get people to volunteer. I am like paralyzed at my desk. I'm like, oh no, I'm just kind of sink down. Like, no, I will not spell in public. Never. I, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a good speller either. Isn't, isn't that interesting that we think we're writers and I guess we think of the language as a whole and not individual pieces? No. Well, I just think words. that my mind, like I don't, like I will, um, yeah, I was sometimes completely blank on the spelling of a word, and I'm so so glad for like dictionary.com. You know, if I don't, if I'm not like if I don't have a dictionary, yeah, or something like that. if I don't have a, a dictionary with me, but I was forever carrying around dictionaries before I had internet access at my job. I mean, I would have a dictionary with me at all times because. Um, in some words, I spell so terribly that I couldn't even, it would take me a while to find it in the dictionary, and I can't even believe I'm disclosing this publicly, but if anything, <laughs> I want to give people hope that if you cannot spell very well, don't worry. Um, I, have a, I have moderate success with my writing, and I think that there's hope, you know, and, there's, and it does give us comfort. Anytime we hear about another writer who's an atrocious speller, um, <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we you know. We breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like math. My mind just doesn't do spelling, and um, you know, exactly. I can, that's what it is. It's math. I, it, it has to be. I don't know, but I could memorize the words for my spelling test every you know week in school, and I would memorize the words and I would get them correct because I was I would write them over and over and over. But you give me two weeks and I wouldn't be able to spell the word again. You know? Right. <laughs> so I don't. I'll, I'll come clean about my the spelling thing that I do whenever I write thank you notes. I always have my computer up and I type it first to make sure I spell everything correctly, and then I copy it down. Oh, thank you, thank you for disclosing that because I was starting to feel like a real reject because I would either have my husband's not around to like. I, I would make him read my correspondence, like, and I very rarely will send out, like, even a thank you for someone that's related to the podcast. Like, I, I rarely send a thank you without having someone look at it, or at least I've double-checked the spellings because, and I know stuff gets by because I'm usually exhausted when I do some of this stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, but I'm glad. Thank you for, thank you for disclosing that because <laughs> it makes the rest of us feel a little better that we're, we're doing a little a little confession <laughs> yeah, confessions of of, uh, of writers confessions yeah i mean i was so happy when i saw your book and i actually wanted to interview you since it came out so i finally saw a perfect opportunity the holiday comes into play and then also yeah. the fact that i'm doing a story for my newspaper about about letter writing and you know so i'm really excited about this and i'm hoping that we can get a, a little exchange going where people can meet each other you know, and kind of get a chance to connect and go to the mailbox and get something that's not a bill, you know, right. and not or, yeah, a piece or, of junk mail you for money. <laughs> or credit card application. You know, these can be so rich and it's so mm -hmm. wonderful to share somebody's life that you might not be able to ever see them in person, you know, just right. to share in what they are doing. So thank you so much for the inspiration and for your thank you for advice and stories. Yeah, I will send that to you and hopefully I will spell everything correctly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time today. Have a lovely weekend, and yes, you too. we'll Thank be in you touch. So, so much. Okay, okay see care. you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Samara for that great insider's look at the world of professional letter writing. I hope you all feel inspired now to write a letter. You'll feel a great sense of accomplishment, and the person who receives it will be so happy. Okay, so let's talk about how you can win a copy of For the Love of Letters. I'm going to be giving away two copies. This contest is going to be a little bit different. Definitely feel free to post comments on the blog about the show. But if you want to enter the drawing to, be, to get a copy of For the Love of Letters, I'm going to ask you to write a letter to the Craft Sanity headquarters here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The address is Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, P.O. Box 888-192, Grand Rapids, Michigan 49588. That's P.O. Box 888-192, Grand Rapids, Michigan 49588. On the top of your letter, please write, for the love of letters giveaway. 
In your letter, please tell me about your letter writing history and how big a role mail plays in your life these days, or maybe how that's changed. I'm hoping to hear some stories, some good stories. I'm going to consult with Samara on this one. You guys put a lot of effort into writing letters. Something tells me this shouldn't be just a, you know, Abby picking a letter out of a box uh, randomly. Um, I think what we'd like to do is reward the folks who've put a lot of effort into writing a great letter. And the two winners will have their letters published on craftsanity.com. So please keep that in mind when you're writing. This is kind of the reverse of what we normally do. Include your email address. And I'm expecting winners to be selected by early March since uh, we have the deadline is going to be February 29th. So I'm excited about this. I think it'll be really fun to hear what you have to say. And also, if you're really super, super excited about mail, like I am, (laughs) uh, I have another opportunity for you. I would like to get a pen pal exchange going between Craft Sanity listeners. I could be completely out to lunch here because I think this is a great idea, but we'll see how many of you think it's a great idea. So if you're interested in this exchange, please email me, jennifer at craftsanity.com, and put pen pal exchange in the subject line. And the deadline for this is also February 29th. So you have to only remember one date, February 29th. Um, I'm going to try to make an attempt to pair people up with common interests. And I know this, I mean, this could be, depending on the interest level, um, I could be really digging myself a hole here. But um, what I'm looking for is your name, age, interests, as in, you know, I really like crocheting, I sew, I cook, I, I have 10 kids, and I like to write to another mother with 10 kids. I don't know how common that request will be, but if there's something that you have a real particular interest in, list it, and I'm going to do my best to pair people up. And also, of course, I'm going to need your snail mail address. So um, again, this is not for publication or I'm not making a big uh, craft sanity directory or anything like that. Again, the deadline is February 29th. Now that I have all these ideas, I'm not going to stop there, right? I have unlimited time. I also have gotten into making fabric postcards recently. So I'm going to be posting, that'll probably happen later this week. I'm going to post tutorial on fabric postcards and I'm going to be getting a swap going there, too. I did get a modest response on my blog. Some of you have expressed interest in that, so I will be posting something about that as well. And that will be a separate fabric postcard swap, and I'm thinking that what we'll do is we'll get that one going in March. But let me know by February 29th as well on that. So everything, if you're interested in anything under the sun here, uh, February 29th is a deadline to enter the, the contest for the letter writing Send that to, those letters to the P.O. Box. Um, that address is on my website as well, craftsanity.com. The pen pal exchange. Samara is serious. She's, she wants to be a part of it. So you could get a chance to exchange letters with Samara. And she writes great letters. I did get a thank you from her, and which I thought was great. And I sent her one back. So we're already kind of corresponding. And I do want to say thank you to those of you who have indulged my my um, <laughs> my solicitation for snail mail. I went and got a P.O. box earlier this month, and I have to just tell you, it's been a wonderful pleasure to go check that mailbox and actually find mail in it. And I made a pledge to write everyone back who writes me. So that's going to be challenging, but I'm very happy to do it and I think it's really fun. And I thought it's only fair that I start a pen pal exchange because you guys should be able to get good mail too. I want that joy for everyone because I, I, I'm, I could be just really strange, but I get a real major kick out of getting a letter in the mailbox. So thank you to those of you who have written. Look in your mailboxes because I will be writing you back shortly. 
I'm not going to trouble you with any, an after show this week because, frankly, I don't know if any of us can, can take any more. So you guys hang in there. Have a great week. And I'm going to keep doing my best to blog every day. And thanks to you, uh, those of you who have stopped by and posted comments. That's really great and encouraging. And, yeah, we'll see where this leads us down the road. We'll see if I look back in a year, if I can make it a whole year blogging every day. We'll see what I'll have to show for it at the end of the year. Thanks again to Samara for the inspiration. And uh, happy letter writing, everyone. I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, don't forget to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.